Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Big League Flicks, a sports movie podcast. I'm Jamie McKinman, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Christian Webster and Jordan Reed. How are we doing, boys? Hey, boys. How are we doing? Glad to be back. Big day today. Uh, JR, I know you're going to be crying right now. Your boy, Sid Sixero, last show today, him and Tim yeah. and Sid. So I know how heart, heart, uh, heartfelt you're going to feel and heartbroken you're going to feel over that because you just love Sid Sixero so much. So I'll, uh, I'll, get, I'll, I'll uh, let you have the, t- the floor, my friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm really going to miss him. Um, his takes on all sports were really riveting, and I love his sarcasm. It's so great. Um, anyway, good luck. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah, just as annoying. Like, yeah, because after seven and a half years of the same sound bites, yeah, that didn't get old at all. All right. So, anyway, good luck to him on, uh, I guess, BT he's going off to. So, cheers to you. Good luck. Um, hopefully, Bell. Does Bell own that? Good luck. Just saying. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway time to talk a little uh english football shall we jamer yeah and just before we get into uh into our episode or into, into the breadth of our episode i just wanted to give a shout out to uh all our listeners down in texas i know you guys were going through a rough patch uh rough time over the last little while so just a shout out to you guys hope you're all doing well and everything's uh up and running again so get those yeah, generators out. yeah <laughs> Uh, with that said, let's jump into this week's episode. So as JR kind of hinted, and we, we threw some stuff out on social media today, tonight we are uh, taking the foray into our first football, football movie with um, soccer for all you Americans and Canadians. Uh, we're, this, week, this week we're doing Goal, the, the, what is it, the, the Dream Begins, Goal, the, dream, the first goal of the Goal movies. Um, so we may have just lost about half our listeners when you <laughs> being soccer movie. Yeah. Hey, we want to, we want to, we want to appease everyone. We got to check, we got to check right. all our boxes. So, this isn't uh, yeah. football. So this, uh, this week we're doing goal. So let's get into the trailer. In the city of dreams, Santiago, what are you doing? Santiago Munez had a day job and a night job. Hey, boss. I've been at Bosboy now for six months. Why can't I be a waiter? This Chinese restaurant. You're not Chinese. Quiet! But every other moment, he lived for the game. He's quite a player. What's your name, son? Santiago Munoz. If you get yourself to England, Newcastle United will give you a trial. That's a big club. Very big club. It's okay to have dreams, son, but people like us have to work for a living. There's always plan B. We win the lottery. Now, for his family. You deserve this chance, Santiago. Take it. He'll pursue a dream 6,000 miles from home. I have a tryout for Newcastle United. You want to lay off the black pudding? What is it exactly? You don't want to know. This spring, he's jet-lagged, nervous. He's never seen mud before. Maybe you don't have the stamina for the English game. Adios, amigo. I'll be better tomorrow, I promise. It's not going to be a tomorrow, Santiago. He's grown up in poverty and hardship, and his only way out is his skill with the ball. 
Monez. Just wanted to see what it felt like to be in this field. You think you deserve it? I know I do. From Touchstone Pictures. It is now quite a day for this young man. One man's extraordinary journey. That's my son. That's my boy, Santiago. Is about to begin. Kuno Becker. Goal. The dream begins this spring. So you guys know the drill before we dive into a movie, and especially a movie like this, we're going to uh, jump into our brew review. What are we drinking this week, Webb? Well, boys, uh, only fitting that we pick a European beer, and we had many, many beers to choose from, but... Uh, when we were reaching out to a bunch of different people, we went with the one that got back to us sooner. Uh, so this week, we're enjoying a pint of Harp Lager. Harp, from the makers of Guinness, is a seven-time gold medal award-winning Pilsner-style lager with a clean, crisp, refreshing taste. It's rich and smooth with a hint of vanilla and a crisp, hoppy finish. Medium light body with a rich and creamy light head. Enjoy a pint of this beer in a tall glass and pair it with some fish and chips, a nice spicy curry, chicken, pork chops, or a Caesar salad if you're watching your waistline. For more information on this beer and any of their fine other products, be sure to check them out or give them a follow on all their social media by following at Harp Blogger. Uh, and as always, Big League Flicks reminds you to please enjoy responsibly and always ensure you have a safe ride home. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Won't you kick us off, JR? All righty. Two sips. I'm going, I'm going glass tonight, fellas. So, Harp. Glass, Nice, refreshing lager. Here's number one. Here's what I like about a European beer. You know what it is, fellas? 500 milliliters per tall can as opposed to a North American beer of 473. Great that's right. You get that's that right. extra little bit. So that's something I like a lot about a European-based beer right there. Um, it tastes great. It's great lager. It's something that I'd sit there. I'd watch a uh, West Ham United Hammers football game. Um Anytime on the uh, English Premier and English Premiership, sorry, out on the pitch, um, maybe taking down a Manchester United web. Just saying, that's stupid. <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, enjoy it. Easy drinker, uh, nice and easy. So uh, thanks to people that get us uh, for getting back to us and give us a nice write up on this. Very nice, refreshing beer. Go out and grab some if you haven't tried it yet. Um, Mix it with a Strongbow. Never hurts. One of those. Tastes delicious. And uh, always an easy drinking beer. Every time I drink a Harp, it's always very refreshing. Jamer? Yeah. It's got a lot of taste for a lager. You know, lagers are usually kind of mm. like... Lagers, uh, to take a line from uh, Days of Thunder, like a stock car, you know? There's there's nothing stock about a stock car. You know, remember that line in the... Yeah. But lagers usually... if you If you lined up about five glasses of various loggers you're probably gonna with a blindfold on you're probably gonna have a tough time differentiating between them but harp actually has a lot of like multi taste to it it's a lot it's a little bit darker a little bit heavier a little bit more flavorful than some of the other ones i really like it and the other thing i as you were mentioning about the cans too one thing i like about um a lot of the european style beers are on the, the other the beers from the other side of the pond not a lot of bells and whistles i like that nice and uh, nice and plain mm -hmm. got a nice uh velvety color here so uh good job in the can over at harp very good tasting beer 
Yep, I like I enjoy it. How about you, Webb? Uh, I don't mind this beer. I'm gonna say, you know, before I get into my review here, to all these people who are gonna give us flack this week for choosing another Irish beer over a ton of English beers that we probably could have had, and some bitters and everything else, and even a Newcastle Brown. Given that you know we're talking about Newcastle, the tune uh, in our movie tonight. Uh, listen, like. There's lots of movies to go. We're going to do another footy movie at some point. We'll get into those beers. You know, we could have done a Carlsberg. We could have done a bunch of other ones. But we wanted to go with uh, people that uh, are showing us some love. And we want to show them some love and make sure that uh, we get the word out for them. So uh, I enjoy Harp. I'm not a huge lager guy, as you guys know. Uh, and I, it probably wouldn't be one of my go-tos. I'll gladly sit there and watch it as uh, my Manchester United uh, are then second place in the table over your fourth place in the table. Hammers there, JR, only behind yeah, okay. shitty. Uh, stupid Manchester City. Anyways. Uh, they play tomorrow, West Ham in the city. Yeah, well, I'll be cheering for West Ham. Uh, but yeah, I enjoy this one. I've had this many a, a night at the West End pub with uh, my boy Funky Rob uh, while we were watching uh, some, some footy. Uh, so yeah, I, I enjoy this one. Like I said, it wouldn't be one that I would go to and order and make a point of going out and finding to order. But if it's available and it's and it's there, I'll most gladly have one for sure. Nice, yeah. right on. And I do like it. It's got a cool color. I like the. I do like the flavor. Like you said, Jammer, it's got a lot of flavor for a lager. It doesn't typically have a ton of flavor when I have those. No, no, they're usually pretty standard. Mm -hmm. so as, as we mentioned this week, we're doing goal. The dream begins. Um, so goal. It was directed by Danny Cannon. Distributed in 2005 by Buena Vista International. Got a 6.7 rating on Internet Movie Database and 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it got pretty good, uh, pretty good reviews. Had a budget of $33 million and grossed $27.6 million at the box office. Music by, yeah. Music by Graham Ravel, starring Kuno Baker, or, sorry, Kuno Becker, Stephen Delane, Anna Friel, Alessandro Nivola and Marcel Yorish. Get the name right. Quick movie uh, synopsis. Hernan Munez smuggled his penniless uh, Mexican family over the U.S. border to seek a better life. His eldest son, Santiago, dreams of more. A talent, a talent scout with contacts in the United Kingdom spots Santiago and offers him a once-in-a-lifetime chance. If he can find a way to England, he can try out for the Newcastle United team. Gavin Harris, a star player, takes young Santiago under his wing and helps him prove himself to his disbelieving father. Let's jump into our character review and let's start out with our with our main character, Santiago Munez, played by Kuno Becker. What do you got uh, there? Yeah, Santiago. Um, I mean, the story it feels like something, guys, that we've we've kind of heard or heard of this story or seen it before, but in regards to the world of soccer, um, I. This is a crazy one to throw, but it's, to me, kind of not as motivational to me, but he's a bit of a Rudy of soccer. I kind of have felt a little bit of that. He has the try-hard factor. He has, like, the go-for-it factor, the fact that he was the immigrant, the symbolism of the soccer ball when he's trying to cross over the border and, he's, you know, to go back and get the soccer ball, that whole thing on the idea, the play-in for the club team in his hometown and that brutal bus they were getting on and off of. I can only imagine that thing. Um, How drunk was the guy when he painted that bus? Oh, that guy, <laughs> that, guy, that guy had a few on had a few uh, 
harps on board. Let's just say <laughs> yeah, there was a there was something going on when he painted that thing. Um, I also feel like he kind of evolves a little bit as the role goes on. Um, he's desperate. He's a hustler. Um, the jobs he's doing. Um, I mean, the fact that he's an illegal immigrant at that point, you kind of have to remember that. And the jobs he's doing, I mean, you know, that's the job that would be the rest of his life. And he's not happy with it. So the old John Moxon, I don't want your life kind of thing kicks in. And you see him trying to do the best he can with the one skill that he has to get himself out. And that's what he has to do. So he has to use his football or soccer skills. And he's lucky enough that he's playing in a big center like L.A. where he gets seen. So I had him as a desperate, a survivor. Um, I like the idea of a hustler where he puts on the cardboard shin pads. I kind of noticed that. I'm like, this guy's a hustler. He's doing whatever he has to do to better himself. Um, no, one thing of note that was kind of interesting with him was he wasn't ready for the weather of England. He was a very fair weather soccer player of perfect weather playing in L.A., the coldest it gets, you know. Uh, 62 would be a cold day for him, whereas a gritty England day... He wouldn't be able to have, uh, handle Napanee in early April. No, no, no. <laughs> Napanee High School in early April. He's not. He's not doing it. One time we played there, they, they had like huge hail balls. They wanted. They were gonna. Oh. They were gonna cancel the game. We're like, no. Just keep <laughs> like watching. A, it's like watching a quarterback from California go play in Buffalo. Yeah, really. Yeah, so I think so, that was kind of neat. I like some of the uh, influence he had on Gavin Harris. I thought that was a good idea. He has. He has guts, to say the least. He's doing. He has some guts to kind of stand up to Gavin Harris and be like, "You're throwing away your talent," that kind of thing. I mean, is it cliche? Of course it is. We all know that. There's tons of it. He is a cliche character where you're just like, "Here we go." But you know what? I'm going to latch on to a bit of his story. And I'm going to follow it, and that's the one thing I'm going to comment on. Web is just the story of Santiago throughout this. What do you got? He's got some integrity. Uh, I'm. Still, like when you're talking about all the, the the soccer team that he gets noticed, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what kind of level that look is supposed to be. Like he's clearly not in school um, because he's working, you know, day and night to the bone. So I don't I don't know what kind of men's league team that he's playing on that would have a bus. Um, I, it would be, it would have to be like the like lowest of the low semi pro kind of team. Yeah, um, and I again, did some like... I did some digging. So one, of, sorry to cut you off. I'm just gonna, just gonna no, no. add. I'm just gonna add a little bit to that. So the, the the kind of the concept of him playing on that little mini team that they, obviously they had like uniforms and stuff like that, right? So in LA, and it's, I'm sure it's like this in a lot of places. One of the guys they brought on uh, as the consultant, and I'll get into it later. They actually have like a really competitive soccer league down in LA, and they have these teams that kind of travel around the little districts in LA. But they have some studs. Like some of them have ex premiership players on them, like things like that. Um, I'm assuming his team is probably a bunch of like <laughs> illegal immigrants from and better amateurs. From yeah, Mexico. Better. Yeah, it's kind of like but how in, uh, in baseball they have. You know, in baseball they have a lot of. Uh, they have a really good um, New York league of like. Dominican Cuban guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, but it would they, be, it would still be an, it would still be considered an amateur league, right? Right. Yeah. They, I, I don't mean, think they get any money for it. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing that I find kind of interesting, like, where's um, this kid? Where's this kid finding time to a practice, right? And b 
uh, to actually play these games because landscaping job like that, hustling like that, you're going to be working every single day. Your back's going to be killing. Yeah, you might take Sunday off, and as we see, he's a church-going kid, so he's going to church on Sunday. He's pretty, he ain't going out and playing footy. Uh, and I, I just I found that kind of like I well, bewildering to me. And like honestly, like I just I don't know. I don't know where he would fight because he's working from all day, and it. then he's going to maybe come home and have a quick shower, and then go to the the uh, the waiter jo- or the kitchen job. Probably isn't yeah. even going to have a shower. He's just. Like, I just, I couldn't see it. So I had a hard time with identifying with a lot of points. I, like I said, I like his integrity. I do like the fact that um, he, like you said, JR, he, he's about that hustle and about working hard, right? Like there's something redeemable about him and you want to root for him because he is trying to go about it the right way. Um, but he was just so naive to so many things too. Like I found him, I don't know. I just had a hard time identifying with him. And I really kind of did have a hard time rooting for him because I was just like, you're kind of really just too dumb. Like, you're like too trusting, too dumb. Like, just, I just found him way too naive for my taste. I just, he was too young and stupid. The you one thing I'll t- say about the time is this is just being complete devil's advocate. I get it. I completely understand what you're saying. But if you have the passion for it, you will find the time. <clears throat> I agree. But I just, like, like I said, with a dad riding him as hard as the dad was, and then yep. the responsibilities to the family, like, clearly he was some kind of influence on the little brother, too. So, like, I don't, it just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't add up to me. There was, there was so many flaws in the story itself. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, it's, you know what's funny? It's like, and you guys know, I kind of, <clears throat> leading up to this episode, I kind of I lobbied to not do it. <laughs> yeah, he did. I was like, I was like, as I was putting together the 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 notes and the research and stuff, I was like, boys, this is, this might be a thin one. Um, and I, I I had watched this movie a couple times, when I, like back when it first came out, but I haven't seen it in a long time. But I remember it being kind of like, okay, I don't know. But uh, I watched, I actually watched it about an hour and a half before we came on tonight with Cleo, and uh, and I was actually shouting at the TV a couple times. <laughs> on the same points web that you just made like the frustrating stuff i'm like oh my god how stupid are you like and why don't you just tell them you have asthma like what the, you know what i mean like yeah. stuff like that it was driving me bananas and cleo actually changed my entire perspective it was hilarious she said to me dad he's been told his whole life that he has to hide everything yeah. that's why he didn't tell and i was like my just for everyone uh, listening my daughter's nine years old and she told she picked that up, and I couldn't. I didn't pick that up like at all. See, and I, was I, like, I was like, "You're right." Like yeah. literally, this kid was ingrained with him, ingrained in him since he was a kid. So we're here's here illegally. You can't tell anyone who you are. We can't work legally, so we have to work under the table. So you literally have to keep a secret your entire life. And so anything that anywhere he goes, he thinks everyone's looking at him in a certain way. And they're they're just waiting for him to fail. So he's got that like I can't do anything wrong because I'm going to get I, like the other shoe's going to drop any moment. So the whole time where I'm like, just tell him you have asthma. Uh, the, she made the good point. It's like, Dad, she he, he in his mind he can't like he he thinks he has to hide that. And I'm like, see, oh, and I agree with that. Uh, but then you get into the situation where he gets into with Harris. Right where he gets photographed with all those, you know, prostitutes or yeah. whatever, 
and he won't give them up. But at wow. the same time, you're going to get in shit, and there's a good chance you're getting sent home. I and like you've that, already though. you've already what been. No, I like I like that. I like that because it's a great teammate move. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But I'm saying that that Cleo's argument, as I'm arguing with a nine year old here, uh, <laughs> Grumpy Web. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but like that argument can be a little flawed if you think about it. For the standpoint that like this guy's clearly going to get in trouble here, and you're in England, like that whole storyline alone. So he's an illegal immigrant. So chances are he doesn't have a goddamn passport. So he's not getting on a plane to get over to England. He's just going to magically get on the plane somehow. No, no, they no. I was going to say they did a good job with that because. Uh... He had to go to Mexico City to fly legally to go over there. So he was there on a Mexican passport. Yeah, his grandma sent him back on the train. They took the yeah, he went. Oh, did I miss that? Yeah, yeah he, he took the train back. They, that's go. I got to give the, the writers credit. They did a really good job because originally uh, when I watched, it, I didn't pick up on it. But then when I watched it this time, I was looking for holes. Right. Yeah. Well, they did a good job. He had to go back across to Mexico, down to Mexico City, in order to fly to. And she said to him. When he said, I, yeah, well, I, you're making me go to Mexico, she said to him, well, you can't fly out of L.A. You're, Ill you're illegal. Yeah. So I, they did a good job of actually writing that part. Okay, I should have turned on the subtitles. That was probably in the, <laughs> that was probably in the Spanish that I it didn't was. pick up on in high school. No, yeah, I think that wasn't <laughs> subtitles. That wasn't subtitles, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have anything more to add on that. I think you guys nailed everything on that character. Let's move on to... Uh, uh, Hernan Munez, which is uh, his father, played by Tony Plana. Okay, so some of the things I thought about his dad, he was actually, if you look up his acting dossier, it's actually pretty deep. He's been a um, lot Yeah, really it's very legit. Um, I thought he might have been the best, one of the best actors on the show. He actually might have been one of my favorite characters because he seemed like he was an absolute jerk, but deep down... That, what's that? I was gonna say hot take, hot take. <laughs> but at the, but at the same time, like, El fuego, like, El fuego. like an absolute jerk. But at the same time, that Spanish came in, and at the same time, he he's one of those guys. Though he's the same thing. He's living in fear, and he really just wants his kid to do better. He wants to do better by his kids. He's trying to that idea of him getting the truck, getting the own business. I was like, okay, you got to look at this guy and say, what does look at the fear he's lived in. Look at the life he's lived in compared to what he lived in before. He's mad his wife left him. He's upset, but he's trying to build something within his family so that when Santiago has kids, it's going to be even better again. So you can tell he's trying to do something, but he has that idea. And this is so cliche. I'm sorry, but it goes with the movie, The American Dream. He has the American dream ingrained in him, and I know the whole movie's cliche, but really that idea, like, being skeptical of some random scout seeing you in some pickup league, like you talked about, like, a club league in L.A. Now, that being said, I'm sure a club league in L.A. is not that bad, but we already talked about that, but he's kind of skeptical. You should be as a parent, as us three would are as parents. Sure. Some random guy shows up to our kid and says, hey, you know, Leo, you're pretty good at this. I'm going to be like, uh, whoa, 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 hang on. We all would be skeptical of that because yeah. we're trying to do better by our own kids and we're trying to set them up for success. And his idea of success at this point, to me, is the American dream. Is he miserable? Yeah. Is he angry? Yes. Is he desperate? Yes. But I saw him as that. Web. That's the kind of thing I saw. I tried to look for pieces out of him. Yeah, the, the guy's actually a very um, respectable. 
Yeah, very reasonable. I was going to say very reasonable, very respectable. I actually found myself identifying more with them for all the reasons you just pointed out, Jared. Like, how do you not be bitter if your wife just up and leaves and you're stuck with your, you know, your couple kids here, your your mom or grandma? Like, I don't know if it's his, is it his mom? I'm assuming. I think mom, it is. Yeah, it, it must be because she, he, if it was his mother in law, I'm hoping he'd be a little bit more upset, but. Uh, it's his, his mom and, and, uh, you know, so he's trying to do right by them and he's clearly worked hard. He's done pretty well given the look of the house. Like it looks like it's in pretty good, you know, uh, pretty good condition and everything else. So, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of time for this guy. I thought, like I said, he was, like you said, Jerry, he was trying to do what was best for his family and his kids and he was a hard worker. Right. And uh, you see deep down later on that, you know, he actually does really, really care about his kid and he's proud of his kid. He just, like you said, wanted to make sure that, you know, he was looking out for him and doing the best he could uh, for what he knew, which was the American dream. You're right. Yep. No, I I, th- I agree with both you guys. I actually liked him a lot. And I agree. And I agree. Like he was reasonable. He's not he's not. Um, I know you're supposed to kind of look at him in a way where you're like, man, this guy's a prick. And he should just be supporting his kid. But I, you guys, we're all fathers, and we can all relate. Like, you do everything you can to make sure your kids have an opportunity. Uh, and for these guys, like, they're there illegally. The dream was they're going to have a father and son business together and build something. And that's a stable, and you, you hedge your bets, right? Like, throwing everything away on this dream to go and play in soccer where – he doesn't understand it and he knows it's like a huge long shot, which it really would be in real in reality, like it would be a huge long shot. And then what, you go and do that, you blow all your money and now you like it would take those guys years and years and years to build the money up. Like their big thing was we're gonna buy a truck. Can you imagine that you had to like save for ten years to buy a truck and that was yeah. gonna be it? Yeah. That's how volatile their cash flow is, right? Because they, they're doing everything under the table for no money mm-hmm. at all. So, I mean, I understand that. It, it makes sense. I do, too. And I thought the scene when he was at the pub with the Newcastle supporters, I thought that was actually a pretty cool scene. And they brought him up. Come on, sit here. Let's your kid. I thought that was a nice scene. Yeah. I thought that was a good one. That was, that was very real, being like, okay. I thought that was a nice one. Were you, thun- were you thunderstruck on that scene, Jer? Oh, hey, oh. Ah, I was okay. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. I got shook all night long on that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite cameo in the whole movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty good. It felt like Hell's Bells were going off. <laughs> all right, let's jump into uh, Glenn Foy, played by Stephen Delane. This guy's cool. Oh, was he ever cool. I know Webb has a couple of things he's going to say later, but that guy legit can sell a 1970s, 80s English footballer. Does he not look the part of just being yeah. cool and like everything about him, the old cami, like the old pictures? I'm like, he looks, talks, acts, and walks and sounds like he was a celebrity of his day. Now he runs like a mechanic shop or something. Neither here nor there, but his lingo. He was lingo. he was so yeah. cool. He he, he might have been in the movie the coolest guy, and like the ability of like calling the coach in the middle of the night, doing all those little things. And being obviously an advocate for uh, Santiago, but just cool. I, I thought he was just super cool, and I thought he brought a lot of legitimacy to like a former premiership type guy, and still great hair, great luck. Go ahead, Glenn Foy, aka Stannis Baratheon. Yes, 
of the yeah. Game of Thrones uh, fandom for all you nerds out there. Um, don't feel bad. I love that show too. Uh, yeah, he he did a great job. I love the scene where he breaks up the dinner party to go in to talk to the manager and talking about the terrible speeches just to pump his tires. Like this guy I'm has to give one of those speeches. Yeah, <laughs> like this guy has like there's literally you know nothing in it for this guy really than other than trying to help this guy uh, this kid and like see something in him uh, like how much he must love the game to go and watch this whatever it is men's league bush league whatever league on uh beer league on, on a saturday afternoon or whenever it is <laughs> in los angeles while he's supposed to be visiting his daughter uh yeah. you know there's he just must love being around the game. So it's it's really cool. I thought he, he, what what's really neat about him is just uh, the fact that he acts like the father figure that Santiago never really has, right? Like he doesn't, he's the perfect foil, as JR likes to say, to to Santi's real dad, right? He's the, he's yeah. the positive one. He's the one that's trying to help him. He's the one that believes in his dream. He's the one that believes in his talent and like wants to get him over that hump um, and will do anything he can to, to help him. And like, you just, you see that relationship and that bond and that that's really, really cool. And, you know, um, what I really respect about him, he doesn't wallow in self-pity. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's this guy that, like, his career cut short because of injuries, his wife dies, his, his daughter's on the other side of the world. Like, he doesn't, he's just like, no, he's a bootstraps guy. Like, he gets up, goes to work every day, he does what he can. Like, he still wants to be part of the club, but not really part of the club. Like, he... he yeah. He doesn't hold on to the past. Like he just yeah. you know, keeps moving forward. I that I found really, really respectable and I had a lot of time for this guy. What a yeah. house too. Beauty. What a house. I was Beauty. like, Oh, that's a great yeah. place. I really Beauty. he's my favorite character in the whole movie. I love him. I love Stephen Delane as an actor. Yeah. He's in another movie too, uh another we'll we might do it at some point. It's uh the greatest game ever played. It's a golf movie. It's actually quite good. Yep. Mm -hmm. the, uh, Shia LaBeouf. And uh, he's just really—he's a great actor. He's good in everything he does. I and I—you guys touched on pretty much everything that I liked about him. I was just going to add that the thing I love about him, in you know, he's going up to Newcastle United's like manager, who's like a big, big deal, right? Obviously, he goes into this dinner party and he keeps pushing the guy. He's calling the guy in the middle of the night, and he just doesn't give a shit. You know, no. I love that because he's been there. Like he—he he played on this team. He was on headlines. He was. He's lived that life. He's got his garage now. You know, he's got his, like you said, Webb, he's, he's had some hardship, but he's moved on. He's mentally tough as shit. Yeah. And, and he doesn't give a shit what people are going to think. He's just going to do what he does. And I love that about him. Like the, those types of characters, I got tons of time. I love those characters. He's, yeah. he's, he's awesome. I really liked him in it. He reminds me of, uh, what's his name in Rudy? Um, uh, Fortune? Yes, thank you. Drawn a blank. Yeah. He, he, he's yeah. the fortune of this movie, really. Yes. Yep. Yeah. He is. Oh, that's a great, great Good. parallel web. Good one, great web. parallel. Um, let's move on to Gavin Harris, Gavino, played by uh, Alessandro Nivola. Oh, I liked him. I liked this guy. <laughs> I liked I, I thought this guy was just super cool. I love the scene Shite. when he... Does he, not, does he not strike you as, like, a, what a Russian hockey player in the NHL would be? Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Ryan Reed's totally okay. Yeah, he's preparing. Oh, Andre Nazaroff's behind him, just saying. Um, no, I liked uh, the everything about him. I liked the, like, this, just the scene when his car's up on blocks. 
the old lady, you're shite. I hope he's yeah. just like, I know, whatever. I, I, love I thought deep down that was a guy who, obviously, when he gets his hand around in London, he's like, this is my town. And you're like, this guy's amazing. To me, he's like your full-on superstar European footballer, if you want yeah. to say that. You know, he fit the role, the hair, the hear everything about him. Oh, yeah. And just European football to me where I'm like, okay, this guy's a rock he's cast star. Well. Living he's living really cast well. He was cast perfectly, and I thought it was kind of cool, the idea, like, how you knew deep down, this is where I'll, I don't know if I'll get to a deep dive, but he he wanted more, and you can tell he's trying to nurture the kid, and he did try to mentor somebody, and he tried to started to give back to a little bit, and then Santiago said to him, you know, you're wasting your talent, and then just get out, push off. I was like, but that was, I thought that scene was kind of interesting to see. It was realistic because that's that's what somebody that's got that kind of ego would initially do. They'd be like, "Get out, of here. get out of my face." Yeah, I'm. I make nine million pounds a million year or whatever. Yeah, year. like like I hit the bricks, but I'm giving you the apartment way above your pay grade. So yeah. I thought he was just a super cool character. I think the like the whole scene at the bar when he brought him along, he was trying to mentor him, but at the same time, Santiago was mentoring him at the same time. They were kind of giving each other a little bit. It was a good was character a development of pre- for both of them. Yeah, I actually really liked the the uh, relationship between the two of them. Anyway, that's kind of what I had. Yeah, I got nothing really much more to add. I mean, he's a your typical prima donna, right? Uh, he's kind of what you envision the top tier superstar to somewhat be a lo- be like. Um, I like the fact that he he's not squeaky clean because it's needed for that that relationship piece, right? To give Santiago mm-hmm. a little bit more depth. Um, because he's so naive, um, but I, I, so I like that piece, um, and it gives it gives a little bit of conflict and drama between other characters and Santiago as well, right? When we talk about uh, the nurse, whatever her name is, um, yeah, it, I, I liked him. I thought uh, he had some pretty good one liners, and I think he's what's great about him too is that he has his own little arc, right? He becomes kind of redeemable and. And that has, you know, a lot to do with the coach who, or the manager, I should say. And we're going to talk about it in a few minutes here. So I won't go too de- in-depth there, Jim. Yeah. The only thing I'll add is, um, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Face Off. <laughs> with Travolta and Nick yeah. Cage? So he was, uh, he was Nicolas Cage's brother in it. And oh, he was like really? a, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. So he's a lot older than he years. looks. Like he's, he's been around for a bit. And, uh, and actually, and I'm going to get it into it a little bit later in little known facts but he's actually from boston massachusetts well oh, good for him he pulled off that accent beautiful yeah very yeah, well done. Did a good job with it so who do you think he is jr who's who's the, who's your version of him as like an actual epl or footballer uh modern day time yeah oh boy uh i'm trying to think like somebody doesn't have to be epl i may i think maybe like when I think of him, he kind of oh. he has he has his Laton vibe a little bit. Oh Zlatan yeah, or um, uh, what's his name bit. on PSG? Who's the guy who plays for PSG? The Brazilian guy. Oh, uh, um, Neymar. Neymar. Yeah, I think yeah, he's got maybe. a little bit of swagger like a Neymar, but yeah, like Zlatan would be pretty good. I don't feel like Neymar um, has the substances or lifestyle issues that uh, Gavin Harris probably had though. I was gonna go old yeah, school, and be sure. like Robbie Keane. Oh yeah, oh, oh, Robbie yeah. Keen. Robbie Keen's put your boots to your asses, though. Yeah, I don't know. Robbie Keen. Ooh boy, I don't know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't know right now. Usually, usually the EPL like homegrown guys are a little bit tougher, but so yeah, I, yeah. I feel like 
I feel like Gareth Bale might comes to mind too as like a, a little yeah. bit of a pretty boy prima donna kind of guy, yeah. but but I also have heard good things about him too. So who knows? Anyways, off topic. I got him at like a grade six Christian Webster. Oh yeah, mad <laughs> mad grade six footy with a mushroom mushroom cut Christian Webster. Sick mushroom cut. <laughs> all right, let's all jump the, into all the all the all the real soccer heads that are listening to this podcast right now are just totally be like, you guys are idiots. Keep going. Uh, let's jump into Eric Dornhelm, uh, who's the manager, played by Marcel Irish. You know what, guys? I really actually really like this coach. Um, I didn't at the start, at the wake-up time, I thought he was uh, big-time and not too hard. And I was like, you know, he's just a big-time guy, whatever. He's coaching the premiership team. He's just going through the motions. Can I go back to bed? I thought he didn't give him the time of day to uh, uh, was foy there or whatever. Um, in the end, I thought he was great. I liked how he had meetings. I think he seemed like a really good coach who listened to his players and actually took things in. Um, you could tell, too, another big-time moment was when he was on his uh, old school cell phone there in the pouring rain and wasn't really paying attention to the guy. Overall, I actually thought he was pretty cool. I thought he had some nice lessons. Uh, I loved how when Santiago actually didn't dime the guy out, you could tell deep down he knew he knew who it was. But at the same time, you also saved the coach a lot because he didn't have to go in the papers and discipline the guy. You're Harris again. Kind of I think thing. that and was a test. I think it might have been two. I wondered that I, when I saw that. I mean, it may not have been played off that way, but... To me, that's a test. I, I'd test a player with that. Yep. I don't want a guy who's going to rise. That's very, that's very Babcock of you there, though, James. But, well, the thing <laughs> is, I wouldn't go and sewer him after, like, Babcock. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, I'd, be like, who is, I'd be like, who is with you? And then, if they're like, I'm not going to tell you, I wouldn't push them further. I'd just be like, okay. And to me, internally, I'd be like, this is good. That is good. So I yeah. thought he was pretty cool. I like this lesson. Would be like, who was it? And he'd be like, Gavino. And he'd be like, yeah, it was... Uh, he told me that it was you, Gavin. You know what I mean? Like, he would go in the mm. locker room and say, Santiago said it was you that was there. And it wasn't... He didn't even want to go to the party. You made him go with him. That's what Babcock would do. And that's where you can't do that as a coach. Because then you just lost your team. Yeah. Basically, I overall, I really, really liked the guy. I thought he was a cool character. He wasn't my favorite one, but I thought he did a great job. I thought he kind of evolved, and I grew to like him. Yeah. That being said, what's Babcock going to say in Saskatchewan? Did you go to the one pub? No. (laughs) Like, hey, Billy, was he there? No. Anyway, sorry. We just lost all our Saskatchewan viewers. (laughs) Saskatchewan. (laughs) Steve from Saskatoon. Sorry about that. I had all the time in the day for this coach. I loved him. Uh, accountability. He's a teacher, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's the part that I, I found mm-hmm. the most. Uh, he's got my probably my favorite line in the movie, right? It's not about the name on the back, it's about the name on the front, right? Like, you play for the name on the front, not the name on the back. Kind of em- What's that? Corny. It was super was, but like, <laughs> this whole movie is corny. We're going to get to that later. <laughs> But like, it's it's like it it epitomizes the idea of the team, right? And playing like when he's kicking the soccer balls and like, hey, dummy, mm-hmm. pass the ball. Like, yeah, he's taking the time to teach him. And he's to your point, Jerry, where you're like, oh, he's kind of big timing, but he's observing there, right? Like, he's like, yeah, I'm on the phone, but every time I look, he's on the freaking ground. Like, he can't hold his own. And like, I just I like that he looked 
like a big time premiership manager, right? Yes, he, he did. I love that. Really the, did. Every time they showed him on the sidelines, like this guy, he nailed it to the T. He had a little bit of a Sir Alex vibe to me, to him, to me. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. He was kind of calm, cool, collected. He never got too high, never got too crazy low. When he did snap, it was like, oh, fuck. And it was like, you know, very like biting his lip, not really going crazy. Uh, and I like that he tried to hold the top tier guy accountable, right? Like, Basically saying like, "Hey, dumb shit! You're getting paid all this money. Start being a leader. Like we're trying to pay. We're we want you to do this." And he's he gets through to him, right? Like he he get, he Gavin takes on. I this guy's probably my favorite character in this movie. Uh, yeah. Him and Glenn are both very similar. I like them. And he he, you know, even like we joked earlier about. Oh, I'm giving him one of these poor speeches or dumb speeches later. Like the fact that he can kind of play that off and laugh about it. Like you can see this guy's like good shit and he has a good sense of humor. He doesn't take himself too serious. Hey Webb. Yeah. You mean like a David Moyes at West Ham? Oh, okay. On the sidelines. Oh, okay. That's like yeah. a, that's a coach. That's a <laughs> okay. premiership coach right there. Not it's a not New a York, sir, not a new, it's not, a, not a, sir Alex, not a New York Yankees unlimited budget. This is a guy with a budget <laughs> building a team right here. Okay. <laughs> Okay, let's go ahead and buy someone in else. London. In London, yeah, he's in London, Olympic Stadium. Yeah, okay, Stadium. not in Manchester. Okay, anyway, yeah, New York Yankees. Anyway, you guys pretty much nailed everything. I, I too loved this coach. I was, I was kind of hoping I would have the hot take on this one, but um, you guys are on the same page as me. I really, really love this coach. Just the kind of coach that I would go through a wall for. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I had the privilege of having two coaches, Bob Ferguson and. Uh, John Marks, who were very similar to this guy, and just lo- you'll do anything for these types of coaches. You'll literally elevate your game just because you do not want to disrespect them. So I really liked him. Good coach. Uh, let's move on to Roz Harmonson, played by Anna Friel. Uh, very important to the whole movie. Uh, without her and that like love interest angle, I don't know if the movie would have. Well, I can't say it's great. But would have been as good as it could have been. Um, you needed her in there, and that—I mean—that's a fast-moving relationship. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, she did a great job. She was fine. She did the good job of providing a love interest in there. You have to have some sort of love story in this. If you're going to bring a guy all the way from essentially LA via Mexico back, like you have to have a love interest, and that's all I can say. I don't have a ton to. That I want to add a better web. I hundred percent, hundred percent disagree with you. Don't think she was needed at all, other than to give us a little bit of eye candy to look at. To be quite honest, um, I like that they uh, did the cliche Halloween costume of the nurse's outfit for her. Um, so props, props <laughs> to the producers for that, you pervs. Um, <laughs> but uh, seriously, I don't know. The storyline was like completely not needed. The best part of her story was her cougar mom who yes. talked about going on tour in L.A. back in the, the 80s beauty. or whatever it was. Like, best part of their story. Hit on, our, hit on our boy Glenn. Yeah, just, like, full on. Like, everything else about that story, I honestly, it it had nothing to do with her, him playing soccer. And, you oh, have I'm to have a play. general love interest. I, yep. J.R. loves his love stories. I know he does. I know. He's got you a sensitive pants on, but, hey. I just don't think it was actually needed for the entire... If we're talking about the the main story of him being persevering and getting to make the soccer team and live out his dream of playing footy, like, I don't think it was overly needed. I mean, yeah, I, it, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying get rid of it, but I don't think it was needed. 
I th- I think she helped him like unburden a few things, maybe, and like just soften soften a bit of his edge. But I agree with you, Webb. I mean, she didn't add a ton. The only thing I would say is like maybe they wrote this movie with the sequel in mind because she has a much bigger role in the sequel. So there's a sequel. There's two sequels. Oh my there's God. two sequels to this movie. And oh I, my God. I, I'm not going to get too far into it, but like oh I actually don't God. mind the sequel. Sequel's kind of interesting. The sequel's kind of interesting. He he's kind of made it. He hints at it when he talks to David Beckham in this one about Inter Milan. Was it Inter Milan? Is that the team? Inter, uh, yeah, that's in Italy. Inter, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I think that's who. I can't remember. Yeah, so like Beckham, they're the biggest team played in for, yeah. at that time, right? So. Um, was Beckham wearing eyeliner, or did I just have a bad quality of the video? Well, I, was I know, but like, oh, okay. For those listening at home, we had an interesting conversation this morning, and Jamer's hate for everything English is just amazing. And I hope he gets into an epic grumpy web rant about it later on. But uh, I might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got, he, a, uh, I got I got another harp to go, so we'll see. <laughs> All right, let's jump into uh, who else. Uh, stuck in your mind. No. Can I can I fire away? Okay. Go for it. All right. Uh, Mel Brathwaite, the mighty McGloin from yes! Gangs of New York. Fish the fish fly off squad. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, literally, I have a no right now. I go, the mighty McGloin, question mark. Fish up by a scratch or whatever. <laughs> the butcher said, that's, like, it's, that's the best. Best. He, when he I made my whole movie. What I thought best. of for two reasons, because of Matt McGloin, the quarterback for the Raiders. Oh fuck! <laughs> and also because you used to always say, when we talk about gangs in New York, you'd always be like, "He fish hooked McGloin." <laughs> I love it. I love so, it. No word of a lie. I'm watching the movie last night. Mrs. Webster comes down, and it's his first like scene in the movie. I go, five bucks, Jr. will mention McGloin tomorrow night on the pod. <laughs> oh yeah. My Irish butt is mentioned. There he comes. I loved it. And he has that thing where he takes his foot and tries to hit him. Anyway, sorry, I I gotta mention the value. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the cabbie. The cabbie the cabbie in London where he basically like says, Fuck you to the fair, I'm going to the pub to watch the game. I love it. Uh I don't know what his name was. I don't really care. But anyways, he, he was a standout to me just because he provided that little bit of comic relief. That was funny. How about the, how about the slimy agent, Barry Rankin, played by Sean yeah. Kirk? He was good. He's just a skid. Hanging out in the infinity pool in the L.A. hotel. Yeah. You know what character I also kind of liked at a soft spot for was the, remember the, was it Jamie, his buddy there that he kind of oh, yeah. like. Yeah, he's a cool character though. I thought he was kind of cool. Like that was the we get maybe the other factor, like just the realism factor a little bit, where it's like, okay, not everyone makes it, and this guy does not make going any further. I thought he was kind of a cool character. That's a very good point. Very good point. He has a a moment there where he sees, like, the injury. And a lot of athletes do, right? Like, when guys are hurt, they kind of shy away from them because it reminds Mm -hmm. them how quickly things can end. Yeah. So, that's a good point, JR. Um, Let's jump into uh, quotes. Any quotes kind of stand out for you? Yeah, I had a couple. Um, so when Santiago <clears throat> was going into the game for the LA based team and the coach is losing his mind, they asked him how the diet's going. He goes, How's the diet? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Um, the blood pudding, what's in it? You don't want to know. That was pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. My papa was from, uh, from Scotland, right from uh, Campbellton. 
and he used to make breakfast like that for me and i remember i would ask him about what is this stuff and he'd be like you don't want to know <laughs> Same thing. but it tasted Ooh. so good it was just like filled with like salt and cholesterol it was amazing oh yeah there's a couple ones i have um what, what do you got I had, so I just had the two. The one was uh, the name on the front of the shirt, more important than the one on the back. And then uh, uh, Santi's little brother there, he's like, oh, he's plan B, the American dream. You win the lottery. Uh, yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. So. <laughs> we laughed really, ass off that. Yeah, those are, those are the only two that I had. Yeah. The only thing I had was uh, I love the little uh, sequence, and I wonder if this was even scripted between Glenn Foy and Santiago is, welcome to the tune. What's the tune? It's where the Geordies live. What's the Geordie? Someone who lives in the tune. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little, little uh, back and forth there. One other thing I had for you guys was we're watching a soccer movie that takes place in England. Was the word cheeky said? I didn't see it. I, I didn't hear I it either. It either. No. And how do you not have a sh- soccer movie though cheeky because they should have they should have used it. They should have used it when uh, Santiago pulled that uh, spin move on uh, uh, McGowan. Oh, well, that or that or, uh, Ga- that or Gavin Harris's free uh, penalty kick. That was oh, cheeky. Uh, he did this. He did this. Time. That was very cheeky. That was cheeky. That was cheeky. And the only other thing I had was uh, I think Peter said, "How old to get a drink?" Santiago said. Nobody goes eleven. I thought that. Anyway, those are some of mine. I thought that was funny. Yeah. All right, let's get into the little known facts. So, Roger Ebert awarded it three stars out of four and praised the film, calling it surprisingly effective. He went on to say, I was surprised then to find myself enjoying the movie almost from the beginning. Ebert singled out Kuno Becker's lead performance in the film and praised it, saying, the starring performance by Kuno Becker is convincingly or convincing and dimensional, and we begin to care for him. While Ebert praised the film, his partner Robert or Richard Roper had other thoughts. Roper had this to say, goal is filled with cringe-inducing scenes we've seen many, many, many times before. So it's kind of, kind of speaks to what we were talking about with regards to some of the cliches, right? So the film actually scored moderately at the box office, making only $27.6 million despite its uh, $30 million budget. But uh, by the time it reached DVD, huge sales made it a gold standard for sports films in the UK many European territories, and South America as well. It is still uh, shown regularly on the BBC whenever there's a major soccer tr- or foot- football tournament. So it actually was one of those films that kind of like became more of a cult classic after it hit DVD. In 2018, Sport Bible voted Goal the greatest football movie of all time. Ian Carrington was the football coordinator on the film. Carrington has coordinated on other football movies such as She's the Man and The Golden Goal. Carrington also helped create a competitive league in Los Angeles starting in the late 80s for Hollywood folks and uh, later put together Hollywood United. So there's a team called Hollywood United um, and it's got a bunch of like studs that they brought over from the UK and Italy and places like that. And they, it's a competitive team that they take around and travel and play other teams as well. So it's kind of cool. Uh, one of his top recruits was Vinnie Jones, who played 11 years of premiership football with Wimbledon, Leeds United, Sheffield United, Chelsea, and Queen's Park. He also captained the Welsh national team. Before coordinate, uh, before getting it, uh, everybody knows who Vinnie Jones is, right? The guy from uh, 
Okay. says Desert Eagle down the side of mine, while Yosh says Replica. Exactly. He's from Snatch. Um, Guy Ritchie's probably had him in like at least three or four of his movies, right? He's a beauty. I love Vinnie Jones. He's awesome. So before, uh, speaking still to Ian Carrington, before getting into coordinating on movies, Carrington actually served as Vinnie Jones' assistant. So that's how he uh, really got into the Hollywood scene. So he, so Carrington got Vinnie Jones into this soccer team when he moved to L.A. to start getting into acting. And then Vinnie Jones helped get Carrington into the larger scene, so he's been coordinating on these films. So it, it's, again, I mean, I think there's some scenes that they do really well. Um, and I think that that's a nod to having somebody that knows their stuff on the film, right? Mm -hmm. So Alessandro Nivola, who plays Gavin Harris... And I mentioned it earlier. He's from Boston, Massachusetts. He's actually a huge soccer enthusiast, and he actually played soccer at Phillips Exeter Academy. You know, hey, all right, Exeter, bunch of rich pricks. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us um, my sister. My sister went there. That's right. So after that, he went to Yale, and then when he went to Yale, he gave up soccer to focus on acting. Oh. What he got into? Got into Yale. Good on Exeter him. Yale's pretty like yeah, a couple of stars said that too. It is that's pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah. Harvard, Yale, or Princeton. That's pretty where Zuckerberg it. went to. Yeah, right. Um, there's some really cool cameos by football legends Alan Shearer. Shearer actually had a fairly big scene in there. One of my favorite scenes with Shearer in the movie is where um, remember when uh, Santiago's doing the leg extensions? Yeah, and then Shearer comes in and like. Drops it from 15 yeah. kilograms to 50, and he's just, like, shaking his head. <laughs> that's always that was, the shrivel moment at the gym when a guy grabs a thing on you and just you go like that. Down. Hey, you're walking, around some, you're walking around some JRBDE, and then you go, wah, wah. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. You feel good about yourself? Sid Sixero. Sid Sixero couldn't walk around the block. They also had Sven Goran Eriksson, David Beckham, Raul Gonzalez, Zinedine Zidane, Milan Barosh, Rafael Benitez, and a host of others. They actually had some really good scenes where they had a lot of, like, legit pros. There's some sick, like, close to the action scenes that they did in some of their snippets later when they did game film. We were like, okay, these guys are legit players. Uh, and, I, and also, I kind of mentioned it quickly earlier, which is a cool cameo by Brian Johnson of ACDC as a Newcastle fan. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into our realism review. What was realistic and what was unrealistic for you guys? Okay, so um, I'll boogie on this one. So real, I had the uh, illegal immigrant piece. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, we know about that. Uh, the real, the bad team bus. Uh, newcomers. <laughs> I also thought a real thing that newcomers to a land, uh, the younger newcomers speaking English over the mother tongue. Remember they had that fight about speaking Spanish over yes. the dad wanted to speak Spanish. He's like, he's, he's speaking English as his brother. That, that conflict of like, okay, the newer generation to the new country, that's, that, that seems like to be something that kind of, to me, is real. Like, kind of hanging on to your mother language, so to speak, Spanish, whereas Santiago and his brother are kind of speaking English to each other. Um, the <clears throat> getting big time by a scout, uh, the real teams and players you just talked about, DPL, uh, that pitch at Newcastle, I looked up, holds 52,000 people. It's like the third biggest pitch or something in, I didn't know Newcastle had that big of a stadium. That is huge. It's pretty far north, dude. 
like it's like northeast or yeah it's yeah. Further than, it's further than manchester you're like you're getting close to scotland that is yeah. way up so yeah. it's cold. i thought that was cool yeah uh the fans being nuts uh the lifestyle when they he went up to the big team taking pjs everywhere starting to get onto that and i'm like okay you're starting to, you're in the big time now yep. uh cameos by people the supporters at bars i talked about you talked about you know like when he's talking to Beckham, when Gavin Harris is talking to Beckham, just at the par, the culture, the big time culture. I know that is real fake. Uh, American soccer competition was bad. Uh, the goalies in his club league, did you see how fat they were? I'm sorry, yeah. those like random people that you're just finding. There's a lot of fake things that I could go on and on about about this one. Um, I'm not going to go on and on about the fake stuff. Uh, Webb, what do you got? I'm not Mr. Soccer Guy by any means. No, I, I had a couple things like. Uh, when he first goes over with the rain and everything, that's accurate. The only thing I would say is that basically his first tryout there, he's play, playing in a big mud puddle. I would think that even a pro team, their training ground would be a little bit better drainage there. So I don't know how yeah. accurate that is. Yeah. Um, I love the inclusion of Alan Shear specifically for Newcastle. They do is a legend. Like when I was watching premiership in my heyday watching the premiership like he was player of the year for their team in 99 2000 2001 i think like he was up there um the things that i thought were kind of over the top or a little unfake um pretty sure on the final goal he goes from being a righty to a lefty uh yeah. like when he when he so i mean that it, and that's left. and it's doable i'm not saying it's not doable uh but you know it's probably not going to happen on an important shot like that but hey uh, and in the final game, they have like Liverpool as the big rival. And I know that it's to get into the top four. So they make the championship, but the way they play it up, it's like, it's always been this rival. Well, uh, United's or Newcastle's actual rival rival is Sunderland. Uh, like Liverpool is like a three hour drive away. Like they're pretty far. Right. So, uh, and, and during that year, I looked it up cause this came out in 2005 uh, Newcastle United was actually, I think, 13th in the table, so they wouldn't have been anywhere near the top four. Uh, and they currently sit 17th this season, and we already talked about where Hammers and United sit, respectively. So that's what I had kind of as my realism, non-realism piece. Yeah. Sure. And just building off that, what you just mentioned there, Webb, too, when he goes over there and... That's around the time they or actually they signed Gavin Harris and then he kind of joins the team shortly or he kind of gets his tryout shortly after. When they sign Gavin Harris, they only have like a handful of games left. Yeah. And then somehow he's he comes over and he gets a month trial with the reserves that goes by and he plays several games with or a few games. Yeah, several games with the reserves because they do a montage. And then somehow he gets into one game and then he's not playing for a couple. Then he gets into another. Now we're talking about, like, how long was this, like, handful of games going to be? Like, to me, it, that that kind of was off a little bit. I yeah. don't know why they set it up that way. They probably should have just said, hey, we just signed Gavin Harrison. Don't give any context to it. Don't say, mm-hmm. like, we're out of the playoffs or whatever. Just, just let it be. Um, and then the only, like, I think you guys captured everything else. The only thing I was going to say... Um, the European distaste for like Americans and South Americans coming over to take spots on their teams. I thought that, you know how McGowan didn't want their, this kid coming in and cause that would be real. Like you're bringing yeah. a guy in late in the year, especially an American or a, or a, a South American guy stealing your English premiership spots. Like 
that that makes sense. Um, and uh, the only other the only other things I had for like unrealistic were a lot to do with um, Kuno Becker. He he, I thought he acted the role really well. The only thing was is like he was not a very good soccer player. The scenes where they had him doing soccer, his head literally is like couldn't be his chin couldn't be closer to his chest while he's dribbling. There's no way like a world class pro doesn't play soccer with his head up. The other thing that I thought they did a little over the top, and I, I mean, in comparison to other leagues, it's probably a little bit rougher, but the way they made it out to be that the EPL is like, we're beating the shit out of guys. Like the, like some of the stuff was just so like over the, the top. illegal tackles when he was playing on the web. Yeah. Like it was just, I'm like, okay, like, yes, there's going to be the odd one or two of those, but like every single game, like, who, whatever the guy's name was, I don't remember what you said there. Like basically having him as like the Dave Semenko of the team, where he's the enforcer. Yeah. Like that's not happening. No. I'm sorry, it's just he's not just happening. Not people like he would have been no. right, right off. No, the first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I just like Kuno Becker is, f- and I think they had to have Glenn Foy say his timing's all off, his footwork's all off in the beginning. And then the coach goes, that's what everyone thinks. Because he yeah. catches everyone off guard. They had, I think they had to do that because he wasn't... And I did read some backstory. He didn't really have a soccer background. So he came in and went to like a one-month training camp to basically learn how to play soccer. And that showed. It showed but, the um, character to me. Like his skills weren't very good. His head was constantly down. Like you can't play soccer like that at a high level. Um, It'd be interesting to know how many how many scenes were like stunt doubles or something for that too, right? Yeah, and it didn't look like they had too many because they did so many close ups on him. You could see his face. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's the actor playing it, and that's why his skills look so shitty. And also, like him kicking those rainbow kicks into the net, like no, like guys that are legit players, like I, like even guys that are really good. It's uh, a Roberto Carlos rocket top it's shelf. A snipe. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're not you're not kicking these rainbow kicks into the middle of the net. Like you're hitting like absolute lasers, right? So some of that stuff just I was like thinking if if you if this was going to be a quintessential soccer movie, get a get a guy that can play a little bit or or keep Kuno Baker and just get a really good double like they did with Young Blood with like Rob Lowe, you know, mm-hmm. get a, it'd be pretty easy to get a good double, and you don't have to show his face. Like, take shots from different angles, where you and just have a guy who's an absolute stud. Yeah, that's the only difference I had there. Uh, let's jump into the soundtrack. So, music was produced by award-winning composer Graham Ravel. Ravel is a New Zealand musician and composer. He's uh, scored numerous films, including From Dust Till Dawn, Sin City, Blow, and Pineapple Ooh. Express. A lot of Oasis in this uh, soundtrack, but what do you what do you guys think about this uh, soundtrack overall? Uh, other than Oasis and the Manchester City fans that they are, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have much. Web, I really don't. It's fine, whatever. Go ahead. I got. I was gonna say I love the Oasis factor. I love the Cassavian factor. It it captures the the essence of that area of England, right? Like yep. there's a very unique sound, um, and people like big music heads will talk about the fact that you know london's got its own unique sound um and like the north has its own unique sound so i really like that i loved i love the number of uh, oasis tracks a lot of morning glory tracks on this on this particular uh soundtrack and i mean why not it was the biggest selling album of the 90s in the uk so like 
you're going to include quite a few of those. I like the fact that they included uh, where they included them too. I thought it was really, really well done. And the Kasabian track's a great tune. It's probably their so most good. famous famous tune. So, yeah. you know, I thought I thought it was good for what it was. Uh, I like the, um, I don't know, whatever the, the Mexican kind of song at the beginning when they're playing his. It was fitting, right? Like, very, very there, was nothing, there was nothing about this soundtrack that was like jumping off the page for me. But at the same time, it was fitting. And I love, and I mean, I'm a huge Oasis guy. I love them. Yeah. Um, I would probably, well, we'll talk about them maybe in a little bit, but yeah, uh, loved it. Yeah. It was good. Well, I, well done. I thought they did an excellent job. Let's uh, move into our movie wrap up. Where do you have this as far as soccer movies go, football movies go, and where do you have it as uh, all time sports movies? Oh boy, uh, soccer movies. My knowledge of soccer movies is not deep, um, so I'll put it in my top five of soccer movies i guess because i don't know four others and i will go <laughs> no, sorry. I'm kidding. Uh, i know a couple other ones but uh overall uh sports movies it's somewhere outside of my hundred um no i a long story short i endured the movie i liked the stories on a serious note i thought it was fine it had a story will i ever watch it again no i will not um, I'm going to put it way, way, way outside somewhere, somewhere outside of my sports movies. Let's put it outside my hundred, like whatever. It's not, I won't watch it again, guys. It's full of cliches. The story was fine, but it's, I'm not going to devote another hour and 47 minutes of my life to this thing. Um, that's it. That's all I can say to the listeners. I'm sorry. I <laughs> did the best I could. Real in-depth analysis. As far as soccer yeah. movies go, I mean, I think I'll put it. Probably one or two, but again, like JR, I haven't seen that many soccer movies. I think uh, what I will say is what I think they did a really good job on is showing kind of the whole um, side of pro football from like the top tier of EPL, right? Mm-hmm. The, the movies that I can think of as far as soccer movies that I actually like have more to do with like the hooligan aspect of it. Yes. Like one of my favorite books is Football yeah. Factory. Uh, so one. green, green, what is it? Green Machine or green, the Green, green Street, Street hooligans? Green. Green Street, yeah. like oh, yeah. great, great soccer movie, but it has nothing really to do with the actual game. Um, the yeah, exactly. So, you know, from that standpoint, I thought it did. I thought it was riddled with cliches. I thought there was all kinds of holes in the plot. I thought the characters were pretty over the top and kind of ridiculous, to be quite honest. Um, so I didn't love it. it. I won't watch it again either. It's not making. I. I'm scared to think there was multiple sequels. Um, that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. <it> was, <laughs> I don't know. Like, so it's not making a top list, but like I said, soccer movies, I'll go top two ish. Yeah. No, I'm like, I'm with you web there. I've got it pretty high in soccer movies. Cause, cause there's just not a lot of great ones. Um, and as far as all time, it's, it's outside of my top 50, but it's probably in my top hundred. Um, I will mention, I have seen the sequels. The second one's not bad. The second one, and not to... Well, it doesn't really matter. I can just speak to it a little bit. Um, He's established. He's now an established pro. And you know how it is once somebody becomes kind of a star, teams are fighting over them, right? So he ends up up, uh, getting a transfer to Inter Milan. I think it's Inter Milan. Whatever team that was. And... 
his life's changing because he's with he's still with Roz. There, I think they might be have a kid on the way or something. So it becomes a lot more complicated, and it's more about that struggle. And you end up start not liking him as much. Uh, and there's there are some redeeming things, but I thought the the sequel is actually not bad. The third one, don't ever watch it; it's terrible. But I will say that. Um, so this week we're doing a draft as always. Uh, I just always want to give a shout out because we got the idea from the old man JJ Reddick and the old man in the three. This week's draft, uh, we kicked this around and we actually came finally came down to it today, uh, this morning, over my my morning coffee. Today we're doing uh, <laughs> uh, people from the UK who you'd love to have beer, uh, have a beer, have a harp with. Um, people from the UK that you'd love to have a beer with. So this week, I think we have Webb. I think it's your turn, right? Yeah. All right, so I mean, this is going to be an obvious one for for uh, for Webb here. Uh, how are you not? If we're going to go with people living, I got to go with Sir Paul McCartney with the first overall pick uh, to just have nothing but you know Beatles stories and his stories alone. Uh, he's he's going to be my my first that I will enjoy a tasty frothy pint of of harp with. That's a great That's pick, a- Webb. I had that on my list. I go, you know, anything. I'd even go Ringo if I had to. I would <laughs> no. <laughs> you keep your yellow submarine to yourself over there. <laughs> You're up next, JR. <clears throat> All right. So I am also going to dip into some little English royalty uh, to have a pint of uh, harp with. He's actually played in Kingston twice. I'm going to go with Elton John, boys. I'd no. love to hang out with Elton John and have a pint of harp with Elton John. I think it'd be great stories. His partner went to a university in our town, Queen's University, and I think it'd be a wicked time to hang out and talk to that guy. That's a great pick. I'd love to have a pint with a rocket. Oh, yeah. Just imagine the stories. So I think I've got back-to-back picks here. You do. And I'm, I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit here. First one I'm going to pick is uh, I'm actually going to go with a guy we mentioned earlier. I'm going to go with Vinnie Jones because this nice. former 11-year vet of the English Premiership, he's an ultimate hardo. You ever seen the picture of him grabbing uh, Paul Gascoigne by the balls? I'll post it. On, <laughs> no. I'm going to post it on. I'll post it this week on social media. It's so good. It's hilarious. Um, it, you know, you know when you go have a cold, nice cold harp with him, nobody's going to mess with you. So I'm picking Vinnie Jones with my first pick. And then after that, I'm going to go a little bit off the board, but I love this guy. I just think he's the greatest. Um, he's from Sheffield, England. He, uh, he's died in more movies than anyone in Hollywood. He plays good guys as well as he does as he plays bad guys. He's a perfect amount of smoke-cloaked voice matched with rugged, handsome, good looks. I'm going with Sean Bean. That's who I was thinking. Oh, well done. Nice. Well, Ned Stark. Yeah, love Ned Stark. I was well, so devastated. I almost quit the show when he died. I was like, I don't know. Oh, you didn't read. You didn't read the books first off, then. I didn't. No. Oh, okay. Nice. Well pick. done. Great pick. Love Ned Stark. All right. Is this one back to me? It's yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry, guys. Um, you should be. So, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> so, I this one's a tough pick for me. I'm gonna go with a fellow who. We've talked, we've done already in uh, one of his movies. He plays in amazing roles. He plays tough guys, crazy guys. We love him. We love his, we love what everything he brings. 
how he barely talks in movies, but he's still a star. I'm drinking beers with Tom Hardy, boys. I don't know. Yes. I'm That's having fun. Yeah. I'm going with the original tough guy. Good pick. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. I mean, I got to stay true to what I know and what I love. So I'm going to stick with music. Uh, and I'm going to go with... Oh, I get back to back, right? So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Keith Richards just because that dude Excellent. has done some living. That guy has done some living. That guy has got a hell of an autobiography if you haven't read it yet. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Keith Richards, and then I'm gonna stick with music again. Uh, and I'm pro- I'm gonna stick with I kind of teased it already. I'm gonna stick with one of the Gallagher brothers. So I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with Noel Gallagher. Yes, you are. Because I, <laughs> I feel like he would have a few more interesting tidbits than Liam. A uh, little bit older, better guitar player, and way more cursing. So I'm going to go with Noel. Nice. Nice. Okay. So my last fix off the grid. This is someone who is going to jazz up a dinner party, and I'm going to have a great time with. None other than Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman, Jane Seymour, and think yes. about our wedding crashers hanging out kitty at the cat. table with you. That's right. You think about that one right there. I'm going Jane Some Seymour. Kitty cat on here. <laughs> Pervert. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Jane Seymour on that one. That's my last pick. I can't believe you motorboat and son of a bitch. <laughs> You did, didn't you? I had to go for it. I had to. And they're real. <laughs> and, they're done. and they're fantastic I can't believe this fell to me I cannot believe this pick fell to me I mean this guy's handsome he's a son of a gun he's cooler than shit Stringer Bell I uh, I had him on there I gotta go with Idris Elba how do you not have Idris Elba on your list there's too many, there's too many to choose from Like, how the am I not gonna man. go with the Beatles and the Stones come on I know. I'm just saying. I'm I'm pretty happy that Idris Elba fell fell to me on the last. Absolutely. Pick. Who we got as honorable mentions? Oh, I got lots. Uh, I, you know, who I'd love to have a pint with Jamie Oliver. Oh yeah. Like oh, Jamie you Oliver, would, the chef. You oh, would. Oh, I'd have a great time with Jamie. I, I, I got Ramsey on mine because you know you're going to go to a good restaurant. And he's going to ream the shit out of somebody at the restaurant. <laughs> I got two. Uh, I got two off the grid ones: Emma Thompson and Hugh Grant. Nice. Hugh Grant would be cool. Yeah, Hugh Grant, really I figure, cool. would have some pretty cool stories. And Emma Thompson, I just think, is like one of the most underrated. That's a shout out for Mrs. Yeah. Webster. She's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had I, uh, I had Gary Oldman. Beauty. Yep. Gary Oldman, and I want I want the Gary Oldman from True Romance with the dreadlocks and the glass eye, the pimp. Another one, boys, that I think we forgot. I don't know if we all forgot him or not. I'd love to have beers with Prince Harry. Oh yeah, but oh. I mean, they're in a, they're in a, they're a draft in and of themselves. Yeah, they're, so? they're their own. I don't. Yeah. No, the royal family. The royal family is Markle. Only if he brings Meghan Markle. With them. Yeah. <laughs> the, the I think it'd be a great time. I feel like the royal family is a draft in and of itself. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you I think so? Yeah, I want. Wayne Rooney would be good for beers too. I yeah. I I, I respected mean, he's my guy. 
but I left him out. I mean, I'm going to go with like the guys that are still going to get groupies. Let's be honest. Beckham. <laughs> Beckham, yeah. Experienced groupies. You know, one guy, you know, one guy I had off the charts was uh, KSI. You know who that guy is? KSI. So KSI is this like millennial YouTuber rapper. Um, the only reason I picked him. Rapper. He, he was the first guy one of the Paul brothers fought. And he beat up one of the Paul brothers. And I was like, good. Yeah, I need that. Oh, guy. cool. Uh, Anybody the last one, Paul brothers on my list. Yeah, you're you made it. The last one I had too was uh, Paul Anderson, Arthur on Peaky Blinders. Oh yeah, yeah. He had a good night. That guy's yeah. like, yeah, a good guy. Anyway, put Killian Murphy on my list. I think he's Irish though, isn't he's he? Irish or Welsh? Oh, one of the two. Uh, uh, That's UK. He's one of the two. Yeah. All right, tell them where to hit us up, Web. All right, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't and engaging with us on social. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. And please continue to engage with us at Twitter at Big League Flicks and on Instagram at Big League Flicks Pod. You can also check us out on YouTube by giving a search for at Big League or Big League Flicks and on TikTok. I think at the same name, right, Jr. Yep. Perfect. Uh, quick shout out to a friend of ours on TikTok, Greg Taylor. He's biking across America right now. U.S. Cancer Cycle. Awesome. Um, all the best. Last I saw, you were in Mississippi, and you shotgunned a beer at the Mississippi State Line. Amazing. So we love you. Thank you. Thank you for helping us. He's been a big help to us. He gave us lots of advice. He's helped us out a lot on TikTok. He has lots of followers. He shares it. He talks to us. So thank you. Uh, we're thinking on your ride, and donate the U.S. Cancer Cycle. It's a Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, He's raising money for a cancer place in Jacksonville, Florida. I hate cancer, so... Please give money to that. And literally, I don't swear a lot, but fuck cancer. So Fucking thanks, right. everybody. Well done. And he's shotgun and beer. How cool is this guy? It is. Amazing. He's cool. Amazing. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Talking movies about sports and the glitz and the glamour Got a cold beer pairing for the leading lady staring Fun facts and trivia and man rocket comparing Soundtracks and music, they'll rate all these things Was it real or did they lose us as the fat lady sings? Talking junk, have a giggle, comedy, drama, romance Did the film deliver six to noon in my pants With their big bag of tricks, these podcast critics Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks Jordan Christian and Jammer with Big League Flicks Jordan Christian and Jammer